0: Hello, then, welcome to a very special Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and I'm joined by John Gibson. Today, we're going to talk about John's greatest ever Newcastle United team to coincide with the club's 125th anniversary celebrations. Uh, Now, over the next month or so, you guys will get to vote for your own team made up of players from the last 25 years, and you can do that online at chroniclelive.co.uk. And the team. But they're made up of the most votes of all the players will be announced on Saturday the 9th of December um first and foremost John how are you doing you all right? I'm good I'm good um, it's a big it's a big deal this, isn't it oh
1: massive absolutely massive one of the top top clubs in the country 125 years maybe we haven't won a trophy for an awful long time although we won an awful lot originally Um, But we've had some of the great, great players. uh, We've been very blessed to have them playing black and white for Newcastle United. And it's an almost impossible task to pick 11 out of the short list, which is a very long list that's been produced. Um, But that's a job. It's up to us to have a lot of fun, because it's always a matter of opinion. And I found it terrific. Uh, As a Newcastle fan, what better way of spending a few hours than chewing the fat over the greatest we've had.
0: And before we get into your team, it's fair to say that you've either you know, seen most of these players play or at least spoken to them after their careers have sure. ended.
1: Sure, I'm, I mean I'm just about the only guy around. Everybody thinks I saw the 1904 side, they the, the, the doubled with Jimmy Lawrence and golden. I'm almost old enough to have done that. But yes, I mean I go back to the 50s as a kid. I was very, very lucky as a, as a young schoolboy to be able to watch the 50 side win the Cup three times in five years, watch them both at St James' Park and at Wembley on a little postage stamp, black and white telly, um, and a lot of great memories from uh, those sides right away through covering Newcastle United right up to today. I mean, the one thing I would have to say talking uh, about the great Newcastle side is that... I think everyone that votes will automatically go from your own personal memory. It's your own personal opinion, your special moments, the people that have lifted you off your seat. Therefore, a lot of people that would walk into the side on medals alone, like Jimmy Lawrence, the goalkeeper from the great Edwardian side, Bill McCracken, so good a right back that they've the FA had actually changed the rules of the game because of the offside rules of the game because he'd perfected a way if nobody could score against Newcastle. Uh, Colin Veach, a midfielder who was a bit of everything. He was an actor, he was a journalist, he he was a footballer. Magnificent man. Hughie Gallagher, the starting of the number nine legends. Um, But... They aren't going to get many votes from the punters because nobody's seen them. Even I, as long and as old as I am, I never saw them. I was privileged to get to know he is a guy afterwards. But I, I'm not voting for those guys because, in all honesty, I can't wait them because I didn't see them. But I've got to pay terrific reverence particularly to the Edwardian side that won FA Cups, played in FA Cup Finals and leagues, and of course the last side to win the Championship of England, 27, captained by Hughie Gallagher, top goalscorer, magnificent player, but let's stick with the ones we know.
0: Definitely right, and what's going to happen is we're going to pick a 4-3-3 formation yep. um, out of a, a short list of quite a few, I haven't actually counted up but there are quite a few There's players. an awful lot isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll start give with your goalkeeper out of the names of Shea Given, Steve Harper, Jimmy Lawrence and Willie McFarlane.
1: Yeah, well, I, I told you why I'm not picking Jimmy Lawrence, although on, on his medals he, he would be a shoe-in. I'm picking Shea Given, who I thought was a terrific shot-stopper, played probably the second most appearances, certainly the goalkeeper behind Lawrence, great shot-stopper, um, great reflexes. Willie McFaul had that as well. Was a little bit shorter, um, not quite as consistent. Um, he was the first cup keeper, of course. Uh, but Shay, a lot of wonderful memories. wish he hadn't left? Uh, terrific keeper. Got to go with Shay.
0: Definitely. And any particular, you know, performances which stand out for Shay? I know everyone kind of remembers his his kind of last one against Liverpool, which was. He performed miracles in the half, half that first Absolutely. Absolutely,
1: uh, that one obviously sticks out and and of course the one at Spurs when Newcastle won 1-0 at White Hart Lane and I think uh, it was a bit like when we um, were going for the uh, league with the entertainers and Schmeichel saved everything up here when we blew the 12-point leads. That was purely down to Schmeichel saving everything and Shea was like that at Spurs. He was absolutely outstanding. Uh, it gave an awful lot of years service I know that Harps uh, did exactly the same but in the main Harps was covered a given um, and a warm glow when you talk about giving I mean I, I would have mentioned for the sake of it other goalkeepers like Ronnie Simpson who played for Newcastle in their FA Cup winning side and then went on to play for Celtic the first British side to win the European Cup and Jack Fairbrother there was always the goalkeeper Jackie Milburn said was best of the if the 50s keepers they would get honourable mentions for me but I'm going to stick with shape
0: Fantastic and on to right backs you have Bobby Carroll David Craig Bill McCracken and Irving Natris
1: Again McCracken's out for the obvious reason um, I would go with David Craig it's a, a big toss up Irving Natris was, was an outstanding player good good friend of mine so versatile he could play right back left back centre half Midfield, and I think he suffered from that because he never nailed down one position he He played all over the place, so was he the best right back? Well, probably not because he played lots of times in other positions, but he was a quality player. David Craig was smooth as silk he 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 was terrific on the ball, he was a good attacking fullback when the fullbacks didn't attack, certainly not like today and um, suffered hamstrings all his career was in the 69 first cup winning side, missed both the 70s cup finals at Wembley, 74 and 76 because of hamstring, but an outstanding player, and to jump to the other side of the pitch for left back, because for me they go together, I'm going for for, for Frank Clark, who, that was Newcastle's two European first cup winning full backs, Um, Frank often says that today he wouldn't get a game and that's absolutely true as it happens because he was old-fashioned enough to be actually a defender that was a left-back he didn't play like Yedlin plays today he he didn't bomb on, he couldn't bomb on therefore he very, very rarely scored goals but his defensive capabilities were absolutely wonderful he had nine years here and... um, there was a little matter of when Newcastle threw him out, disgracefully so, in my opinion. There was a certain Brian Clough who was in the second division then, picked him up, they went up into the first division, won the first division championship, and won the European Cup with Frank in the side. So he couldn't have been a bad old player. And um, I would go for the two, at fullback, the two First Cup fullbacks, Craig and Clark.
0: Fantastic. And I mean, obviously, the other names on the left backs, John Barras gets a nomination. Banks-Hudspeth and Alf McMichael um, you know mm. another good, good list of Be- players?
1: Yeah Be- Bez is obviously a super player I mean I swore that Be- Bez was 6 foot 3 when he arrived in Newcastle and 3 foot 6 when he left because he he had that much chasing to do with you know, like having a French cigarette on the touchline when the other team were attacking us but the to be truthful, he was a quality player, um, I mean he made the England squad, people forget that, he didn't actually get a cap, But he, he, I think it was in Turkey when he was sitting on the bench. Uh, good player, a lot of class about him, um, deserves an honourable mention, but uh, Frank put in so many years here, uh, was such a dedicated lad and was a local lad, he won the amateur cup with Crooktown before he came to Newcastle. Um, So I'll stick with him, but Bez deserves a mention in dispatches, most certainly.
0: Fantastic. On the centre-backs, we have Mm. uh, Philip Albert, Frank Brenning, Oli Burton, Fabrizio Colaccini, Bob Moncur, and Jonathan Woodgate. So your centre-back pairing would be?
1: Interesting. Uh, Very much so. A matter of opinion, and there's a few heartstrings here, but I would go for Bob Moncur alongside Philip Albert. Bob Moncur because he was skipper of Newcastle, he was the last skipper to pick up, a meaningful trophy, uh, which was the European First Cup, and he scored a, a hat-trick in the final. How he was a sweeper really, rather than an orthodox centre off. How he ever got up the field enough to, to be able to score a hat-trick, only he knows. And should he have been there? Uh, but he was a he was a mountain of a man. He was dependable. He was the organizer of the uh, of the back four. Um a great mouthpiece who is very much in the image of his manager Joe Harvey in the way that he played um, and I had so much time for the man I ghosted his autobiography so that makes me a, a little bit biased maybe about the fella but you've just got to look at his record on what he did at Newcastle um, alongside him it was very difficult I went for Philip Albert because I've, I've picked such a wonderfully attacking side because I'm a romantic and I, I love to see Newcastle swashbuckling going forward and I've, I've picked almost an overlapping centre-half and Philippe we will all remember the wonderful goal against Man U, Chip and Smyter. Wonderful. Um, there's other people that were so close to get a mention. It was very difficult to turn my back on Frank Brennan who was the um, the 50s centre-half who was so disgracefully threatened by Newcastle. He was thrown out from being top man at Wembley to play non-league football because he dared to open a sports shop uh, in competition with the then chairman of the club and he was banished to non-league football. Um, it shields as a consequence, horrendous. Wonderful, wonderful stopper but very much in the role of Moncairn where the two could go together is a different thing. Woodgate on ability. Would, would make it hands down. Uh, injuries are the thing that's against Jonathan, just as injuries are the thing that held back Tony Green from being one of the greatest centre, uh, uh, midfield players in the whole history of Newcastle United. Played only 20-odd games, 21 games, but what a player. Same with Woodgate. Uh, Colacini, sorry, don't want to mention him in the same breath as the ones I've just done.
0: And, I mean, Joe Harvey, I mean, got a list midfielders, but I think no, jo- obviously the Fred so I think that's yeah. yeah but seen. I mean, it w- it's quite fitting that obviously he was he was the manager. Yes. Um, you know
1: for that Bobby Bob Moncur he learned from With, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, if we were picking managers, it would be a different kettle. Of f- he's the last manager to win a meaningful trophy at Newcastle United, which was the first Cup. So, uh, terrific, terrific man manager. Very, very good on the field organizer. Moncur is a younger version of. Harvey but I, I mean there's we've got a couple in there mate that went on to be Newcastle managers and I think really were almost better managers than there were players for Newcastle one was Joe Harvey and the other was Kevin Keegan of course mm. um, but Joe deserves an honourable mention in fact more so the first club which are the supporters of the 69 bunch actually raised the money and got permission to put up um, a plaque to Joe Harvey at St. James's Park. If we're honestly truthful, Joe Harvey ought to have had a statue because he he skipped the side to two Wembley Triumphs and he managed the side to the only European. He deserves... If Bobby Robson, who I adore and love immensely, can get a statue inside St. James's Park, so should... Joe Harvey without the shadow of doubt. But then, so should Alan Shearer. He shouldn't be standing outside the ground looking in, he should be inside the ground looking out. All a matter of opinion, all a matter of politics, but Joe Harvey has a real, real special place in Newcastle history.
0: Definitely, because uh, you know, we, we talk about Mark, Bob Wonka obviously capping the side, mm. performed brilliant over the two legs in the final. His career didn't get off to the best of starts in Newcastle, did It, it was quite a slow a slow burner. It, so was
1: it was a slow burner and I think they were looking for what position he should play. I mean, he was often playing midfield before he settled into the back and... Um, and he was an organiser of men you, you can't just throw people together like the barbarians at rugby and throw a ball in the middle and it'll all be smooth and nice he organised the side and it, people forget he was also a good enough organiser and a good enough out and out defender to captain his country he was captain of Scotland at Wembley against England and it, it got off to a slow start where do you place him he came through with the Harvey side that went up as second division champions when people like Craig Clark, Pop Robson and him were flirting with the team and getting in and out as young men. And then he came, once he settled into playing sweeper behind an orthodox centre half, he blossomed and his natural leadership took over. Funnily enough, he kept scoring goals in important games. He scored a goal that helped Newcastle win the FA Youth Cup. He scored a goal which won them the Texaco Cup. Not necessarily the greatest thing of all time, but still a trophy. And three in this final. He always reckons as well that he got done out of a goal. I think he was put out on this not scored ten goals for Newcastle, but he, he always brings up the fact that he was done out of a, a goal because he scored in the fabulous 4-3 FA Cup win over Nottingham Forest, where the game was ruled out and had to be replayed because of a supposed uh, pitch invasion by Newcastle fans. So he lost that goal, and he didn't get too many, so he was a bit upset by that. But you've got to go with Monker.
0: So your uh, so back four is David Craig, Frank Clark, Philip Albert, and Bob Monker with Sheer Given
1: in between goal. the sticks. Yeah. Um
0: yeah. On to the midfielders. So three midfielders uh, from Peter Beardsley. Paul Gascoigne Tony Green David Ginola Rob Lee Bobby Mitchell Jock Rutherford Gary Speed and Colin Reach. what a list of players that is it's I mean easy, they, is they, there's
1: you can make a case out for every single one of those being included in the final team without a shadow of a doubt uh, Newcastle fans of which I'm one you're one we, we, we're just lucky to be able to report on them too but we're basically fans love to see attacking players love to see flair. there's so much flair in that um in that list of players and um, first and foremost i've got to put the cards on the table i've always said that peter beardsley is the best player in newcastle united's history full point nothing to be discussed if god created something better than that he kept it for himself because that was poetry in motion watching peter play and whether you played him in a ten role off a of centre-forward as a creator, I mean, for goodness sake, he actually once played in goal for part of a game in Newcastle first team, so I was going to say he could have played anywhere in the sidebar goal, but he could play in goal as well, I suppose. But he was a wonderful, wonderful player, so he's an absolute shoe in for me, um, uh, for the, one of the midfield roles. and um, I've got to go for Paul Gascoigne uh, simply because I can't think of a Newcastle side. I would hate to see a final Newcastle side that didn't include Gaza. He's one of the geniuses of English football, never mind talking about Newcastle United. Without a shadow of doubt, in 1990, after he left us, but he went with Bobby Robson to the World Cup finals in Italy, uh, where, incidentally, England did got the best result ever on foreign soil with the semi-final. He was stunning, um, creative, uh, fun, an imp, an entertainer. Another Newcastle old player, Len Shackleton, uh, wrote a book called The Clown Prince of Soccer, which was his nickname. Gaza was the the modern day clown, uh, Clown Prince of Soccer. Wonderful player, so much talent, so much vision. Uh, he would have to go with Beardsley and then I would play a left winger. Now I know if we were picking a side to actually play a game, you would say, oh but Gibble, you've got to have a, a sitting defensive player in there to hold him off. This, I'm doing what Keegan would do. Keegan loved He needed an overlapping goalkeeper. He had an overlapping centre-half in, in Albert, and um, and this is fantasy island. this is all of us picking a fantasy side. We don't want to have Marcus picking up people. We'll win 6-5. Uh, so I would play Gaza and Beardsley in the centre and an outside left. My choice there has would be between Ginola and Waddle. Bobby Mitchell was staggering in what he did for the Newcastle in the 50s. But the game was slower then. I would have to go for Waddle or Ginola and I would go for Ginola by the thickness of a postage stamp because uh, it's anyone's... Uh, Lob up heads or tails, uh, but I would end up with Beardsley, Gascoigne, and Ginola, and every Jordy listen to this he will be able to pick totally another three and justify that the list is that good.
0: What, what, what was it about Ginola you know, that you that you loved to watch?
1: Arrogance, um, knowing how good he is. Uh, everybody that's a genius in football has an arrogance. It's impossible to be a genius and excuse yourself for living. You know, you're that good. He knew he was that good. Uh, he would get chopped and he, oh, mate, he might well roll over three or four times. He's French, of course. It's it's part of the if the way you play football when you're French. But. He would get up and he would go at the, at the guy exactly the same way again. I remember him um, coming to Newcastle, signing for Newcastle. McDermott was number two to Keegan. And I spoke to McDermott after the first training session, and he said, Gibbo, you won't believe this fella. You will not believe this. And this is McDermott who had played. For England, knew him was out. Won European Cup three times with Liverpool, etc., etc. And he was absolutely staggered. We played Liverpool second. We played Middlesbrough second or third match that Janola played, and they doubled up on him. They put two people on him, one and another behind for when he beat the first one, which was inevitable. All he did was beat the second one as well. Uh, Yes, towards the end of his time here, he lost a bit of interest, he got moody, that was quite simply because he had, Barcelona wanted to sign Genola from Newcastle Kevin Keegan who could make you walk on water or feel you could walk on water told him no you stay here, we are going to be the greatest side in England etc etc, he persuaded Ginola to stay and then within no space of time Kevin took to his toes himself and and Genola felt so badly let down. He was never the same player that Keegan had left after persuading him to stay. And you've got to remember that Keegan took to his toes after signing Shiva. Shiva had him for half a season here and turned down Manchester United. Very disappointing. But Ginola was one of those people that when you saw Minnie's Pump, you were privileged. Fantastic. And on to the three forwards now. This is a list.
0: Well, which is actually probably missing some names you could quite easily fit yeah, in a few yeah, more Absolutely. Um, but I'll read them off we've got Andrew Cole, Wyn Davies, Les Ferdinand Hughie Gallagher, Kevin Keegan Malcolm McDonald, Jackie Milburn George Robledo, Len White and a certain Alan Shearer I can probably guess one name that's definitely going to be on the cards there and we'll probably start with him give <laughs> the, t-
1: the two shoe-ins for me in the whole team would be Beardsley because I've told you what I think of him and Shearer at number nine. I don't think the Premier League or the England national side have had a better centre forward than Alan Shearer, never mind Newcastle United. He is the record goal scorer, a man that spent a couple of seasons injured, who didn't spend his whole career here like um, Jackie Milburn before he went off to Linfield. Um, Shearer's a shoe in. I, I mean, I doubt if anybody apart from a four-year-old little laddie that lives down in Jarrah or somewhere, that picks a side without Shearer being in it. So Shearer's number nine, and it's just a couple of outriders to go on each side of him. Um, for me, I've gone for the two speed merchants. I've gone for Supermac and Jackie Milburn. Um, the 4-3-3 is a wonderful way for me to get three centre forwards. Well, a history of centre forwards. The legend of the number nine is what Newcastle United's all about. And so I would have to go for Milburn and Supermark on either side of Shearer. Hughie Gallagher, again on record, would force himself into most sides. But I didn't see him and therefore I won't pick him. If they say the three couldn't play together, I would say yes, they could. Jackie Milburn was an outside right before he was converted to centre forward. So he could play wide right. Super was very left-footed. He could play on the other side. My final three.
0: I mean, Milburn was a thing of uh, beauty. You watch. It. I mean, you watch the highlights of the FA Cup. Oh. And uh, I mean, he was even with the last FA Cup, he was injured and he came back in. He wasn't really in contention. Yeah. Well, there was,
1: there was a huge controversy. I mean, initially the best Newcastle side in the Cup Final was the, was the '51 side they beat Blackpool. The whole hullabaloo was, Stanley Matthews was going to get his cup winner's medal, the only thing that he hadn't got and he was going to get it that day against Newcastle United. He didn't, he got it later when they weren't playing Newcastle United. Newcastle beat a wonderful Blackpool side and the star of the whole thing was Jackie Milburn. Jackie Milburn played when the leather ball sodden on Inches and inches of mud and the old hobnail boots. How on earth, and he played like a dream. What he would have done on today's carpets, anybody would guess. Wonderful, but he scored two of the most contrasting goals. One ran from the halfway line, beat the offside trap. And if you watch, he comes up the farm, the goalkeeper, and he slots it as the goalkeeper comes up and turns away towards the halfway line. Ball hasn't crossed the line yet. He just knows it's going to. And he turns. Next one, Back heel from Ernie Taylor flipped up top corner. Wonderful, wonderful finisher. Um, Possibly the only thing he wasn't that good on was heading the ball, although he always said that he had a neck problem, which is the reason he couldn't hit the ball. Um, he's the most modest man. I, I said every genius has got an arrogance about him. There, There is an exception and that exception was Jackie Milburn. He was honestly the most modest man. I got to know him ever so well. I watched him as a kid. I wrote four or five books with him on Newcastle United and I was I helped organise this is your life when Eamon Andrews did the big thing with Jackie. By 55 come, managers were just coming in the side. Newcastle were actually managed by Stan Seymour, who was also the chairman of the club in the 50s when they won, when they won the cup three times. By 55 come, managers were just appearing and Dougal Livingstone was appointed Newcastle manager. He unbelievably picked the side for the final without Jackie Milburn in it. In it. Uh, he was not the player he had been. Without a shadow of doubt, had had injuries, etc. But I mean, you know, Brazil wouldn't pick would pick a side without Pele when he was playing. I don't think so. There would. Argentina now without Messi, uh, Portugal pick a side without Ronaldo. Doesn't seem to happen. Uh, and Stan Seymour really ran the show. Looked at Douglas Livingston's team rubbed it up into a ball of paper and threw it in the waste paper and said that team is not playing. From that moment Dury Livingston was going to be no longer Newcastle United manager. Milburn was restored to the side uh, and scored in 45 seconds. It was uh, the quickest goal in the cup final until later on uh, against Middlesbrough. Um, and he scored with a header which is the one thing he wasn't supposed to do. And there he was. He, after that Newcastle won the cup in the against Manchester City. Jimmy Schooler, who's another name that could well have been in this list here, who captained them in 55 after Harvey did in the first two, just pinged the ball all over all over Wembley. But, I mean, Jackie Milburn was a dream. He was known as War Jackie and he was known by everybody as War Jackie. He was Roy of the Rovers, he was handsome, modest, thunder in his boots now on the other side Malcolm Macdonald, a lot like him in terms of being quick and having thunder in his boots but the type of guy I talked about he had arrogance, a swagger he was bowlegged, he looked like John Wayne in one of the gunslinging films and uh, he, he, he had champagne and he um, smoked cigars And I did most of that alongside him mm-hmm. during those wonderful, wonderful days I mean... Uh, he he would have to be on the other side of it, and if you had those, them two with pace, and Shearer with everything else, it doesn't matter if one side scored five, we would score six.
0: Definitely, and just a quick mention of the likes of like Andy Cole and Les Ferdinand for the oh. more younger. Yes, see yeah. I mean, Andy Cole is just, a, just a oh
1: phenomenal. Absolutely- I mean, he actually beat in the In when the entertainers come up into the top division, he actually beat Hughie Gallagher's record from the nineteen twenty seven season when Newcastle were last crowned champions. He didn't beat his record for goals in the league, but his overall total for the season forty one not one of them a penalty, which is amazing, and not one of them a free kick, like Letizier scored loads of free kicks and penalties chipped in. He didn't take any of those. He was His partnership with Beardsley was um, unbelievable to, to see. Absolutely unbelievable. And the other guy? Les Oh, Les. Well, Sir Les, of course. Um, always said that um, he and Shearer couldn't play together. Absolutely untrue. Shearer says that the best partner he ever had in football, bar in the whole of his career with England, Blackburn and everything, was Ferdinand. The amazing thing was once Keegan had took to his toes and uh, we we got in Darliege, he actually sold Ferdinand to Spurs, which was an absolute killer. Um, And why we did that? We ended up with Ian Rush, who who had been wonderful, but um, was now well past his sell-by date, and we got rid of Ferdinand. He tried to stop the deal at the last minute, of course, when Shearer got injured pre-season at Goodison. Far too late. It hurt It hurt Ferdinand immensely that that happened to him because I think he, he saw himself playing out his career here with Shiva. Wonderful, wonderful player. Superb head of the ball. There again, you could go with Cole on the side, you could go with Ferdinand on in the in, in side, you could pick another three and you would be dropping about 5%, in my humble opinion, from the three I've picked just briefly just finding George Oblido I mean he's one of those oh, wonderful finisher yeah and just a natural a bull of a man a sturdy bull of a man no flare no flips he's not going to do any somersaults or flips or anything of that nature he's not going to be anything like a spear he's, he was just a natural natural finisher and he scored a pile of goals. He scored the, the one goal that beat Arsenal in '52, of course. But I mean, he would—he was a 30-goal-a-season man, and um, and he was the bull that sat at the side of Melbourne and just rattled in the goals left, right, and centre. Um, quite unbelievably, a, a Chilean from Bonsley, if there's such a thing. Dad was—he'd uh, been born in Chile. Uh, his dad was a Chilean. Uh, his mum was from Barnsley and he him and Ted Robledo, they played in the cup final with him, come back to Barnsley when they were six or seven, and um, came up here and had quite an exceptional career. Yeah, you could go with him, Ferdinand uh, and Cole, and um, who would argue with you? And I haven't even mentioned Hughie Gallagher. That, no, brilliant, there's so many
0: names oh. So we'll uh, we'll just go back through your team yep, So we have Shea Given mm-hmm. David Craig right back yep. Frank Clark left back Phil yep. Albert and Bob Moncur mm-hmm. in the centre In midfield, Peter Beardsley mm-hmm. Paul Gascoigne and David Ginola yep. And up front, Alan Shearer Martin McDonald And Jackie Milburn um, So that's John's team there You guys can vote At chroniclelive.co.uk Um, you can put your votes down for who you would like to see in the greatest ever Newcastle United team the deadline for votes is 5pm on Tuesday the 5th of December like we say um, the, the, the full team will be announced on Saturday the 9th of December thank you very much